0: Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. My head is full with all the things I've learned from today's two guests. Yin, yang, shen, qi, winter, summer, hot, cold. Lorraine Hughes will join us to give us a lesson in Chinese medicine. It's a fascinating way to look at life. But first, Dr. Judith Orloff has a new book that I cannot stop recommending. The Empath Survival Guide. Do you know someone who's super sensitive? Are you super sensitive? Do you feel deeply for plants or animals? Can you feel someone else's pain? You may be an empath. What I love about Dr. Orloff is that she's a medical doctor who embraces the energy of the universe.
1: Uh, yes, I'm a psychiatrist. I'm an MD, and I'm also an empath. And what that means is I combine my traditional medical skills with my skills of being an empath. And an empath is an emotional sponge, somebody who takes on the emotions or physical symptoms of others and can sense all of that. And so. That kind of deep compassion helps me to really see into my patients and feel them.
0: Okay, well, I wish I had spoken to you years ago because when I was <laughs> in my 20s and 30s, I couldn't go into a mall.
1: Right. Empaths have a hard time going into a mall or crowded places because they pick up the emotions and the energy of the people in the mall because all the energy fields overlap and there are lots of people together. And so when I was a little girl, as I write about in the book, I, I couldn't go into shopping malls or crowded places because I'd walk in feeling fine and walk out exhausted or with some ache or pain I didn't have before or depressed or anxious. Right. And I didn't realize I was an emotional sponge and empath.
0: I didn't know either and now I, I practice Reiki so I un- it's all come full circle for
1: me. It's all yeah, come full circle.
0: Fantastic. Now, Being an empath is not the same thing as being a psychic, right?
1: No, I don't really use the word psychic. Um, I have a chapter in the Empath Survival Guide on intuitive empaths. And intuitive empaths are empaths who have a particular gift for intuition and can sense and know certain things with their intuition, like animal empaths who can communicate with animals, earth empaths who have a deep connection to the earth, Intuitive dream empaths who dream solutions to their lives. So there's a whole list of different kinds of intuitive empaths, and so that's that's just one particular type.
0: Yeah. And now I'm no longer ashamed of kissing my houseplants. You've uh, your book has, <laughs> And or should you be? <laughs> your book has helped me so much. You know who I want to talk to right now. First, I just want to give a preview that you are coming to New York City, October 21st, at the Open Center, so we can all meet you there. But people should go out and get this book, especially moms and dads. Talk about how to recognize an empathic child.
1: Yes, and there's a chapter on empathic children and if you're an empathic parent. But an empathic child is such a precious gift. He or she is very sensitive and open and really loves nature and really loves to be alone or with one or two friends rather than with tons of friends and they get overwhelmed with too many play dates and you know need that alone time and that thoughtfulness very creative children but they're often called quote overly sensitive or they have, a, have to get a thicker skin which is not the solution you need to really encourage your child's gifts and unfortunately sensitive children get bullied at school sometimes so the parents have to be the advocates to really come in and, and say zero tolerance to bullying
0: yeah and you know what? Well, of course you know what. You're Judith Orloff, the author of The Empath Survival Guide. Sometimes there can be a great conflict between an empathic child and, say, like a rageaholic father.
1: Oh, that can be very destructive. There's a chapter on dealing with energy vampires, and one of the energy vampires is the rageaholic, somebody who dumps anger. Uh, on an adult it's bad enough. And I, I tell empaths to have a no anger rule, no jumping rule in their house, because it's just too painful. And empath is too open to that kind of anger. When I feel anger being dumped, which is very rare with me now because I set such clear limits, it feels like toxic bullets going into my body. It's so painful. And with a child, you can imagine how that's amplified. Right. And and so it's not healthy to yell around empath children, and it's not healthy to yell around empaths at all. And there's a section in the book on venting versus dumping, and it's important to vent, to make a request. If you're angry at something with your spouse or a friend, make a request to express it. You know, it is now a good time or is tomorrow okay? So you make an appointment, and then you talk about your anger, you just don't dump and blame, which is very destructive. Right.
0: And you, you mentioned, too, in the book that empathic children may be very sensitive to noise.
1: Oh, all empaths are noise sensitive. You know, they need to have uh, quiet sounds, meditative sounds, birds chirping, You know, soft sounds, not banging, yelling, power tools, um, you know, which unfortunately in New York City, there's so much of, you know, with the ambulances going on, so it's a challenge for empath children. Absolutely. And empath adults.
0: And empath adults. But two, you can, uh, you can get skills, you know, read this book, get some skills, and then you can even, you know, create space around yourself. So even in a busy New York City, you can be okay.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, I, I, I see some patients in New York City, and I've walked with them down the streets and taught them how to center themselves, how to stay calm, how to not get thrown off by the noise. So I apply the skills in the book, you know, to my patients, and, and everybody can use those skills. And you could take the empath self-assessment test to determine if you are, which is right in front of the book. So it's self-diagnostic. Or their criteria, you either fit in or you don't. So it's pretty clear cut.
0: Here's a Little handy phrase return to sender, return to sender, return to sender.
1: Yes, that is if you absorb other people's energy or you take on their stuff and you don't want it. So you can say that inner mantra and it really works. It gets the energy out of your body and back to where it belongs.
0: I've been using it ever since I first laid hands on your book. Now, can you explain to us and tell us your story about how you took your left brain and your right brain and put them together in this medical world of yours?
1: Yeah, so I combine conventional medicine with intuition and with being an empath into patient care and it's the most natural thing in the world and I treat healthcare per- professionals and teach them. I have a tool called Essential Tools for Empaths which is for everyone and healthcare professionals so that they could be educated on how to bring, you know, this awareness of, of empathy into patient care is so essential because empaths get misdiagnosed all the time with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, agoraphobia. And so, you know, traditional medical doctors really need to know how to diagnose properly. But I was born an empath child and it was very confusing and alienating to me for many years. My parents who were doctors said, Dear, you just have to develop a thicker skin. Which was not helpful because i felt like there was something wrong with me and i felt like i didn't belong here on this earth because i couldn't find people like me and so eventually i began to undergo a spiritual path i've been in therapy i've been you know really evaluating myself and i came to understand myself as an empath and that's why i feel so passionate as a as a um, author to convey the tools i use in my own life which are life-saving so i don't get exhausted sick or take on the world's angst and there's plenty of that right now and you know how i incorporate that into into medicine because empathy is the most precious tool that a physician has or a healthcare provider has. But what you don't want to do is take on your patient's emotion. Right. And that's the challenge for an empath who's in the service professions. Can you name some famous empaths in history? I can. It's uh, Alanis Morris that has come out as a very sensitive empath. Uh, Char- Charlotte Johannesson is an empath. Albert Einstein is an empath. Billy Joel is a synesthetic empath. What does that mean? Um, Well, synesthetics are people who have two senses that are joined together, like color and music. So if they play music, they see colors. And there's something called mirror touch synesthesia, which allows you to feel what's going on in other people. It's uh, a neurological phenomenon, which is an amazing partial explanation for being an empath, which I talk about in the research behind empathy and empaths in the book. So they can touch people and know what's wrong with them? Is Is that it? touch people and feel what's going on within them, and that could translate later to being a medical intuitive, but most don't have the the background to understand what they're experiencing. And so that's why I wanted to write this book to say, hey, you might be, you know, a mirror touch synesthetic too, which means you can touch someone and you feel what's going on in them. You know, it's like science fiction. We've seen it in so many movies, science fiction movies, but it's not science fiction. It's real life. It's what being an empath is and why I'm... I want to legitimize that in our current day world so we can use our empathy for the good. As God knows we need all the empathy we can get at this point in the world.
0: Absolutely true. Um, Do you think certain types of empathy that, that if you are empathic you can
1: get better at it or deeper into it? Yes, you can practice all the different types of empathy. In the book, I talk about physical empaths, people who pick up physical symptoms, emotional empaths, those who are attuned to emotions. There's food empaths. There's a chapter on empaths and addiction, where empaths often overeat in order to put the weight on them so that stops them from absorbing all the stress of the world. Not a healthy mechanism, but I talk about strategies how not to use food to buffer yourself to stop absorbing the energy of the world. You know, it's just really a missing piece for many people who are on all these diets and they don't really work because they don't deal with the empathetic piece of overeating.
0: Right. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah, you know, uh, yes, it is fascinating. And if everything is energy, as yes. we know it is, really this just makes sense that certain people can interpret energy in different ways, you know, can see into energy or feel the energy or react to the energy. It just makes perfect sense to me. Yes.
1: And, and there was a recent study in the Journal of Experimental Psychology where it showed that Empathy is only good for your health if you learn how not to absorb the stress of others. A good empath is able to sense and feel, but not take on. Right
0: now, and, how many? What What do you think the percentage is in the world? Like, what's the percentage of empaths walking the planet?
1: Well, the the percentage was twenty percent um, before six months ago. But what I've seen on my book tour is even non-empaths are becoming empaths because they're normal guards and filters are being stripped away by all this horrendous stress and, and horrendous news all the time coming at us. And so more and more people are opening up to what it means to be so sensitive and what to do about it.
0: Yeah. I hope as a culture, I hope as a, as a species, we humans are evolving into everyone being empaths, because I think that's going to save us in the end.
1: Oh, I think empathy is the medicine the world needs, and thank you for being such a supporter of this because that is my mission, because empathy lets you feel what other people are feeling so you can understand them, which is critical. You don't want to do us versus them with anybody. You want to try to reach beyond that and try to see if you can understand someone to communicate. You might not always be able to reach them, but empathy is the best chance we have.
0: We're going to have to let the Facebook community know it's not us against them. We, can, we are all on one side, right? Absolutely. Dr. Judith Orloff, The Empath Survival Guide is the book, drjudithorloff.com. And find her at the Open Center in New York City in October. Hi, it's Casey. I'd like to find you in Cold Spring next Sunday for a Shine On Retreat. June 11th. Sign up, please, at kcradio.com. We're back to explore your yin, yang, shen, and chi next.
2: I'm Tyler Mell with your weekly Broadway update. Patty Lapone and Christine Ebersole star as lead characters Helena Rubinstein and Elizabeth Arden, respectively, in the new hit Broadway musical War Paint About the top-leading cosmetic saleswomen of the 20th century, Arden and her competitor Rubinstein both fight to be on top in an ever-changing industry and both eventually fall out of the spotlight. The show attracts an older audience, but LuPone and never saw bring in fans of all ages who are ready to be wowed by the fierce ballads of women trying to change an industry and move toward the future. Music by Scott Franco, lyrics by Michael Cory, and book by Doug Wright. Warpaint premiered on Broadway at the Nederlander Theater on March 7th of this year before officially opening on April 6th. Warpaint is nominated for four Tony Awards. This is your Broadway field correspondent, Tyler Mell, saying, break legs. This is your Broadway field correspondent, Tyler Mell, saying, break legs. Shi
0: Yin, Yang, Shen, I'm learning new things. Hi, it's Casey. So my husband came in the kitchen the other day and he said, why does it smell like the front lawn in here? I said, well, I'm drinking this nettle tea from my new friend Lorraine. Listen, we had a cold, wet spring and I have allergies. So I ended up having an allergy-induced asthma attack outdoors in the healing village of a yoga fair. I had so many hands on me, it was comical. Aromatherapy, acupuncture, Reiki. Finally, a nurse called an EMT, I got nebulized and given steroids. But I found relief on the healing table of one Lorraine Hughes, who practices reflexology and Chinese medicine. So I invited her to come to the studio and explain to me what her journey was about and give us a little education. Years ago, Lorraine worked in a stressful banking and manufacturing career until her teeth started falling out. Frustrated and also suffering from allergies, she went to a naturopathic doctor. That's where she began
3: her journey to become a healer. What did she find out from this naturopath? I found out a lot of reasons why I was allergic to so many things. Within six months, I lost my allergies to cats, pollen, everything.
0: Okay, I want some of that. (laughs) Within six months, you lost your allergies. So, what was the dramatic change in your diet? Because there had to be a dramatic change.
3: The big four were eliminated, which was wheat, corn, soy, and most dairy. Wheat, corn, soy, and most dairy. Yeah, 1999 is when I started this whole path. Okay, you have to be smart,
0: really smart about your health if you're going to drop wheat, corn, soy, and most dairy to make sure you get the nutrition you need, Mm -hmm. yes? Mm -hmm. So what do you eat now?
3: Oh, I eat other grains, um, not many, but I I do soak them. The way I process my food is much different than the average person because I use um, a lot of the Western A. Price protocol. What does that mean? There's a book out called Nourishing. Traditions by Sally Fallon. Weston A. Price was a dentist. He was a nutritional paleontologist. Weston A. Price. Yeah, I believe in eating from our backgrounds, from our genetic pool. The foundation of the paleolithic diet with modifications based on the constitution of the person who's presented to me.
0: I should eat the way my Italian
3: uh, grandparents ate? or Right, especially if you're from the south of Italy, you should be make sure that you're eating f- foods that are going to keep you warm. Because... Because it's in my DNA? Right, because you're, yes, and you would have a tendency to be cold if you're not eating that type of diet. We have a lot of changes in our seasons. Adaptation to seasonal change and how we do with that has a lot to do with what we're eating.
0: Wow. We're talking to Lorraine Hughes. Empowered by Nature is her website. She's into reflexology and Chinese medicine and all kinds of things. And Lorraine, I have to tell you, almost every time the seasons change, I end up on steroids because I can't breathe. So I'm going to look into this Nourishing Traditions book and uh, Weston A. Price was
3: the... uh, That's the organization. Based on this dentist, he's now deceased, but Mm -hmm. it's being run by Sally Fallon. All right, so these are your people. Uh, As far as nutrition is concerned, yes. This cookbook, and I don't get any... I don't get You're any. not getting a kickback. I have here. No royalties here. The royalties are good health. My main tour de force, so to speak, is to take someone into a wellness consultation. They fill out an intake form and it asks a lot of how are you functioning kind of questions. You know, when do you feel hot? When do you feel cold? Do you have any issues? Are you waking up and are you sleeping? Most important is the sleep. Um, and how are you digesting? How is your body really functioning and how is your mental state and emotional state functioning? Is there anything to you can attribute to any kind of disruption in your emotional growth? You know, anything that may have happened as a child or trauma or any kind of thing, a loss of someone. Chinese medicine is, is psychospiritual in nature. It it really integrates the, the emotional state into the effect on the internal organs. They call them the seven effects, the emotional effects, they're paired up with each individual organ system. Let's start with the lung, okay, and the lung large intestine, so they're paired organs, one's yin, one's yang. The effect of the lung is grief. Okay.
0: Now, a lot of people
3: just went, uh-oh. <laughs> you
0: know people in grief and they get pneumonia or something like right, this, right? Right,
3: exactly. Now,
0: let's just
3: take a step back. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Lorraine Hughes, Empowered by Nature, Yin Yang. Yin Yang and Qi are the basis of, of Chinese medicine. Um, they are two opposing forces, but two forces that must work with one another. If you are too far on the spectrum of yin, which is more foundational, more feminine, it's your blood, it's your structure, it's more tangible. That's what yin is. Okay, yin is your fuel tank for yang. Okay, yang is that ever aggressive, assertive, up and outward energy, which you also be assigned to heaven. We say it's heaven energy, because it's more of that uprising, up and out, it's the sun, it's more male in nature, it's more assertive and sometimes aggressive depending on whether the person or is imbalanced or being stressed
0: all right so yin
3: is the tank and yang is the tiger in the tank yeah it's the ignition switch it's 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 what is aligned with chi yang and chi are that movement that life force all right what's the difference between yang and chi i think we've all heard chi is our energy we all have chi where it's at is all based on the individual it could be really good. It could be someone who has a lot of motivation, has good Shen, which is spirit, has light in their eyes, has the joy of life. That's when Qi is really in its perfect state. Their energy, the organs are being held up in place, and there's nothing prolapsing. Everything is, is strong. The muscles are strong. So don't have to be weightlifters, but they're able to hold themselves upright. So everything stays in place and moves well, and the energy will then move smoothly through the organism.
0: Yin is the vessel. Yang is the gas. Qi mm-hmm. is the... Qi is the mysterious spark of life. Qi the mysterious spark of life. Shin is spirit. Yes. Now, I'm thinking of somebody hunched over and shuffling along. Mm-hmm.
3: So what's going on with their Yin Yang, Qi, Shin? They're hunched over. They're tired. They're fatigued. They don't have any energy. It's usually could be deficient Yang. If they're cold, it can be deficient Yin. If they just have nothing to draw from. Okay. It depends on their constitution if they're a big excessive person but yet they're hunched over and have no energy and they're lethargic it could be deficient yang it could be deficient yin but usually deficient yin represents someone who's pretty thin lacking substance
0: right their vessel is thin
3: right they they don't have the juice
0: (laughs) we go back to the seven affects and we started with lung
3: yeah, lung, large intestine, they're paired organs. In Chinese medicine, there's a yin organ and there's a yang organ.
0: Okay. With
3: the lung being yin, and the large intestine, which transports, would be yang. And it's all a part of letting go.
0: This is where we would hold grief?
3: This is, yes, this is where we would hold grief. The um, person or whatever's going on, they were constrictive. Their energy, their chi is constricted. Let's go to kidney, adrenals, and urinary bladder. That's water element. The Chinese kidneys uh, are are in control quite a bit the whole endocrine system the emotional effect would be fear yeah. fear stops chi from kidneys um, we would go winter now we're going to go into spring which would be liver gallbladder the effect with that is a repressed energy frustration feeling stuck building up to the point where there's repression there may be depression and then may, or maybe anger anger is the chief emotional negative aspect of the liver when it's imbalanced Then we go to the sun. We go to the summer. So the heart, if it's balanced, the positive emotion is joy. If it's imbalanced, there may be too much joy or possibly mania. The negative things that most people in general will have is irritability, impatience, bitterness. That's the effect of the heart. It's in the summer. And heat, who does affect it dramatically.
0: What do the seasons have to do with
3: that? The seasons have to do with with how what we eat, how we feel, the energy of those seasons. Each of the seasons have chi, everything has chi. So when you have the season of the summer, it's more young, it's more rising. it's transformative. People are more active in the summer. They have more fun in the summer. They don't tend to do routines in the summer. So they're in this really happy, upward energy. Okay, so you also what happens with that, the digestion usually gets better because there's more transformation happening. This, this is why I called my business Empowered by Nature because we are empowered by nature, whether it's internal or external. This is a traditional Taoist belief that we are a microcosm of the macro. So we are a small imprint of the larger imprint. So whatever happens... Like the universe? Yes.
0: That's a lot of pressure.
3: Yes. (laughs) It's not pressure. (laughs) If you allow it to come in, it's great. And you allow it to circulate.
0: Let me ask you this. What about the people who live like in San Francisco where every day the weather's the same? They're Mm -hmm. still affected by the seasons?
3: Sure, they still have their type of seasons. They may have rainy or dry, just like South America. You see, they have a rainy season or a dry season. So, yeah, they are affected. The foods and things that you eat during different types of climates. In the winter, it's cold and damp. You, right. In the Hudson Valley, if you eat ice cream in the winter, you're going to get sick. Because now you're stopping the your digestive tract from breaking it down. Your, your stomach needs to be 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So when, when I shouldn't
0: s- eat ice cream in the winter?
3: No. <laughs> not at all.
0: Because I need a, what if I'm in a, sitting by the fire?
3: No, it's not the same. We humans walk the earth. We Lorraine, are.
0: do people know these things? They're not supposed to eat the ice cream in the winter.
3: Uh, if they know them, some deny it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The same thing with ice water. The same thing. We should not be drinking ice water. Ever? Ever. You know, in the summer, perhaps chilled water, but nothing really, really cold.
0: What does it do to my my yin yang qi shen?
3: Yeah, well, it does. It, it brings down your stomach qi. Oh,
0: my goodness. Like
3: everything has qi. So each organ has qi.
0: Everything has cheese. so cold, cold water brings down my stomach Cheese, Right. It's slow, it, it, cool, it, it cools it off. It just off.
3: stops the digestion in its tracks. It's, you can use the analogy of a furnace. You know, you have your house set to a certain temperature, uh-huh. and then you have a big, cro- cold breeze come through or someone opens up all the windows. Right. Okay, now that furnace goes boom, and it starts generating and pumping to bring the warmth back to where it was on that thermostat. Oh, my poor so stomach. So the same thing is happening human beings. No ice water. Who knew? We have so much to talk about
0: and we'll meet again with Lorraine Hughes soon and find out about the keys all of our other organs hold in Chinese medicine. I leave you with a thought for the day from Joyce Meyer who said, I believe the greatest gift you can give your family and the world is a healthy you. Have a great week.
1: You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey and Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at KCRadio.com. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show next Sunday morning from 100.7 WHUD.